Welcome to the Energy Edit with Tara McBride, also known as the Wellness Warrior. In this show, we really peel back the layers and no topic is left off the table. Each episode promises real raw talk about the things that really matter to us as women. We're talking optimizing our health, latest wellness trends, mental health, creating boundaries, fertility struggles, mindset, mindfulness, practices, self-love, and more. My wish for you is to leave feeling inspired, seen, and ready to make some serious shifts in your energy and life so that you can create any reality that you desire. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Energy Edit Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I know you all will love this human being as much as I do. Uh, We are talking today with Sophie Bertrand. Sophie for one, is the sweetest human. We connected a bit ago on Instagram and I have just loved following her and her mama life approach to healthy living and really approach to healthy, balanced nutrition. And just think that you all can learn a lot from her. And I'm just really excited to share this episode with you all. Just a little bit more information about Sophie. Uh, Sophie is a registered nutritionist with a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in clinical nutrition. She is the founder of Sophie's Healthy Kitchen, co-host of the Forking Wellness podcast, and co-author of nutrition book Forking Wellness. Her non-diet approach to nutrition sees her work with individuals to develop a healthy relationship with food, as well as specializing in pre- and postnatal nutrition. Sophie has worked with leading brands in the food industry, and she uses her Instagram page and website to share information around evidence-based well-being and a variety of recipes that are both delicious and nutritious. I am so excited to dive in. Let's get started. Hi, Sophie. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, good. Good to meet you finally. How's everything? I'm so excited. It's just life is so busy and I'm sure you'll find out soon that when you have a child in the mix, it's difficult to get things in order, but I'm so glad we're here. Me too. Thank you so much for your time. Um, we'll hop right into it. Um, for those of you listening, we have Sophie Bertrand here on the energy edit and super excited just to learn about what you do, Sophie. And I know you're a fellow mama to be, so just super excited to get some tips and just see, you know, how you work with your clients and talk all about mama life. But would you like to give a brief introduction? Yeah, so my name's Sophie Bertrand. I'm a registered nutritionist. I am a mum of one, soon to be two, which I'm excited and nervous about. <laughs> um, and I work uh, one-to-one with clients. I do a lot of brand work, brand consultancy, recipe development. I am the author of Forking Wellness and previous co-host of the Forking Wellness podcast, which we've currently put on hold because you can't do everything right. But um, that's me. I love it. That is, you're amazing, by the way. I was drool, I'm always drooling over your recipes, and I have yet to to make that yummy banana bread, but I saw that you posted it today, so that's my goal Aww. for this week. But yeah, tell me how you got into nutrition. So I know everyone has a different, you know, health journey or just way of getting to where they are now, but tell me kind of where your interest in nutrition started and, and kind of how you got to where you are. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll try and sum it up as well as I can. But I literally had no interest in food growing up at all. Um, I was like the fussiest eater. Like, I would very happily just live on like 
a diet of bread and chips I was like very very unhealthy amen (laughs) me too Um, yeah (laughs) and then in my teens I suffered with an eating disorder and it just kind of spiraled completely out of control to the point where I had to be admitted as an inpatient and that was when I was 17 I came out of the treatment when I was 18 and I was like god like I just had this realization I was like food has really just dictated my entire existence and purpose and being in the most negative way possible and I was like what if I put all this energy I put into not eating into actually nourishing my body so I decided to go and do a psychology degree because through my kind of mental health issues I was like I really want to understand the mind more so I went and studied psychology and I did one of my placements in a hospital on an eating disorder ward and I just remember sitting there and there were dietitians giving out plans to like 10 people being like okay guys like go away and eat this this is what your meal plan is for the week and I just remember thinking you haven't even explained to them why food is good for them, why they've been given the foods to eat, like how it's going to nourish their brain and their body. And I was just like, I just see a gap where I want to marry psychology and nutrition together. So I went on to do a master's in clinical nutrition. And yeah, cut a long story short, I just got as much experience under my belt as I possibly could in the pursuit of helping people heal their relationship with food. Mm. That is so powerful. And I just first want to acknowledge just all that you've been through, but using it as a tool to heal yourself and then in turn heal others. I just think that's so powerful and that's just amazing. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that you are doing this work because it is something, you know, being, um, a certified health coach, I am not a, not a registered nutritionist, but, um, I can just, you know, working with clients in the past, I've just seen so many, yeah, disorders. I've seen so many um, just broken relationships with food. And even, you know, so we'll touch on this more, but going through a big stressful journey with IVF and now being, it's just, it's wild. It's kind of like, what do you eat? What not to eat? Um, I'm still finding myself kind of in that limbo too. So the work you're doing is so impactful. So I just give you so many kudos for that because it's, yeah, definitely needed. Um, but you you said that you are pregnant as well. So how many weeks are you, Sophie? So I'm 22 weeks now. Oh, my gosh. It, I know. It's honestly flying by. I feel like with your first pregnancy, you want it to go really quickly because you can't wait to meet your baby. And it's all just so exciting. But I feel like because I've got a toddler already and I just know how much my life's going to change again, I'm like, this baby is like... It can stay in there for as long as it wants. Like babies are so much easier to look after when they're in your tummy. Yeah, yeah. Time is flying for sure. I, I remember know. so you and I met on Instagram. I know um you you slid into my inbox and, and yes. we, we were just kind of talking from there, which has been so awesome. Um and then I shared, you know, I shared, well, let's get together in April because I'm actually um I'm actually pregnant. And you're like, Well, I'm pregnant too. So it was really yeah, fun to connect. I know, that I think way. we yeah, we told each other before we'd announced it, hadn't we? So yeah. it was like a little secret. It was so special. Yeah. So how is, um, how's your pregnancy going? Like, how are you feeling? And, and how has that journey been for you so far? It's going good. I feel like I'm quite lucky with my pregnancies in the sense that I don't get any 
kind of debilitating symptoms. I know some people can get, you know, terrible, terrible cramps or fatigue um, or sickness. And I, I did have a pretty rough first trimester, but I feel like that's pretty expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm at, you know, my husband always says to me, like, you haven't had any cravings. Like, why aren't you eating like a, a family bag of crisps or like a tub of ice cream? And I'm just like carrying on eating normally. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just feel so normal. And I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> that is good. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I can't tell you how many people ask me, like, what are you craving? And I know I'm, yeah. I'm 15 weeks, so I'm not super deep in my second trimester. But I honestly, other than like random things, um, like, like green juice and cereal. Like I really just don't have any cravings yet, but, um, how do you support your clients? Like, and, and tell, I want to know more about your work too. Like, I know you specialize in, um, you know, pregnancy and postpartum, but obviously I'm sure, you know, I don't know if you work with everybody, but Mm -hmm. how, um, you know, what is like your top tip for like handling cravings when your clients come to you and they're like, I can't stop eating. I'm, you know, ravishing everything in my pantry. Like what, what do you tell them? And, and kind uh, of how do you approach that? There's, there's so much work I do with clients. I mean, it's so, so common. Um, you know, people probably listen to this are like, yeah, that's me. Like, how do I get rid of a craving? How do I stop eating chocolate or ice cream, whatever it is. <laughs> and so much of the time it's actually because they're in this kind of all or nothing mindset or this binge restrict cycle where, I don't know if you've ever kind of experienced this, but I definitely have where you are craving chocolate because you think, oh, I shouldn't really have it. So your mind is like, well, now I really want it because you've told me I can't have it. So you eat like as much chocolate as you possibly can because you're like, this will be the last time I'm just going to like pig out and I'll have it all and then I won't eat chocolate again. So you feel awful after you've like overeaten on all your favorite foods, whatever it might be, chocolate, ice cream, all the carbs. And then you restrict because you feel so guilty and you feel like you've done a bad thing and then because you are restricting whether that be for a day a week a month um you are inevitably going to binge again and that is nothing to do with your willpower which a lot of people think it is they blame themselves they're like i've got no self-control i've got no willpower that's your body's biological response to restriction if you restricted you know vegetables for a whole month you'd probably be craving vegetables at the end of it because our bodies naturally crave balance, you know, but no one restricts vegetables because there's no, you know, kind of forbidden law around vegetables like we put on these kind of sweet foods. Interesting. So the all or nothing mindset, I know that's something I struggle with. I know when I worked with clients, um, that was a big thing for them as well. But that's so interesting what you said. And, um, you know, so for example, it's so random, but there's this, there's certain candies here that I am, you know, I'm always thinking about, but I'm like, oh, it's just so sugar based and I don't want to get gestational diabetes. Therefore, I'm not going to eat it. But I dream about it. Like I, yes, I, it's like all I can think about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, honestly. But I, I often like to, I've challenged my clients in the past, um, not pregnant clients, but I've challenged clients that they come to me and they say, I literally have no self-control around ice cream. I just love it. I can't stop eating it. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, sometimes I've actively made them do this. Or sometimes I just get them to imagine it or picture it, depending on how confident they feel. But I'm like, go away and eat ice cream, nothing but ice cream for five days straight. And they're like, oh, don't want to do that. That sounds awful. I'm going to feel horrendous after doing that. 
Of course you are. Your body's not going to feel good eating, you know, a tub of ice cream for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that kind of makes them think, oh, okay, I don't actually want to live off of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I believe that I'm a big proponent of balance. I mean, I've, I've always said that, you know, balance is so key. And that's interesting what you said in my first trimester, I could not eat a single vegetable, like really survived off of pasta, cereal, (laughs) like random things. And um, that's all I'm craving now is green juice. So it's really interesting that you said that there's a few light bulb moments that, that went off in my brain. Cause I was like, Oh, that, that must, that just makes so much sense. So, yeah. And especially when we are in our first trimester, because, our so this is interesting. I'm not sure if you know this, but around 10, 11, 12 weeks is when the placenta is fully formed and then the baby switches and starts taking all its energy from the placenta. So up until that point, your baby is literally draining everything from you personally, which is why you feel so rubbish and sick and tired. Um, but a lot of people worry because they're like, all I can stomach is carbs. Well, actually, the baby will draw off your nutrients three months prior to, you know, the diet that you've had. So all that kind of all those nutrients that you were eating three months prior to your pregnancy, all those stores will be reserved for your baby. So that's what your baby will survive off. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, my God, all I can eat is pizza and pasta and, you know, the baby's going to be unhealthy. That's not the case at all. So hopefully that puts anyone's mind at rest. That is so interesting. You know, so I did hear, so when, of course, my, my first pregnancy, I, when the second we got the test or test results, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to eat more because I've always been a good eater, but yeah, you know, I, I certainly like wasn't super regular with my meals or snacks. And so I was almost eating. I had that, like, I need to eat for two. And then I realized like <laughs> I was gaining a lot of weight super rapidly, like more than I needed. And two, after doing some research, I'm like, you actually don't need, is it true you don't need like an extra calorie um, intake in the first trimester? Or what is kind of your view on that? Yeah, so you actually, it's a complete myth that you have to eat for two. If you think about the quality of your diet, as opposed to the quantity, that's what you want to be doing. Because the baby doesn't, you know, half the amount of pasta bowl that you eat, it actually just takes the micronutrients that that bowl of pasta is providing so you yourself are still digesting all of that food it's just your baby's taking nutrients which is why we're advised to take prenatal supplements Mm -hmm. so that we've got those extra micronutrient stores that can you know because the baby will take priority the baby will take all the nutrients that it wants and needs and again if you're feeling super tired then you you definitely need to think about what supplements you're taking and whether or not you've got enough nutrition to keep your body going so you don't need to eat for two or eat anything extra until you get to the third trimester when you might want to add an extra snack a day because the baby is doing some rapid growth in the third trimester yeah yeah no that was probably the biggest uh, eye-opener for me I've always heard like even my family when we went out to dinner I would you know have have a small I don't know appetizer and a salad or something and they're like you should be eating more like you're eating for two and I'm like I know you know you got to be careful with that because I I did take advantage of that for a bit and I just wasn't feeling great and yeah um yeah obviously you know the weight was packing on even though it's a good thing for baby but too much is you know an issue so exactly and that might hinder your recovery at the other end of it you know postpartum (laughs) it's, it's, it's a rough ride postpartum and if you have kind of been too relaxed and you haven't maybe focused on your health or your movement or your diet in pregnancy you are going to find it harder to recover on the other side of it yeah definitely so movement um what are you doing for yourself now as far as body movement like what 
what what do you enjoy and what do you usually recommend um, that's safe for, you know, pregnancy? So what's recommended is to not necessarily start anything new. So if you, you know, if you run every day, you can still run safely in pregnancy, being that it feels good for you. However, if you have never done a run in your life and then fall pregnant and think, I'm going to start running, that your body's probably not going to take too well to that. Um, so I say carry on with your usual exercise routine and make modifications that you feel are appropriate. So, you know, I do a lot of Pilates and low impact workouts. Um, and, you know, I've just recently stopped planking because I don't want to increase my risk of, um, I don't think I can pronounce it, but it's like when your abs split and they come I... apart to allow the baby to grow. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can increase your chances of that happening. But um, if you are someone who is completely clueless when it comes to exercise, I highly recommend consulting a prenatal um, personal trainer because they can tell you exactly what's safe and what's not safe. But exercise is highly recommended when you're Mm -hmm. pregnant. That's a good way to keep in shape. Totally. I feel like that's always, I mean, obviously I've done quite a bit of research just preparing for this moment, but... (laughs) I, I believe that was a huge myth too, like weight weightlifting, and it's not like I'm going full force, but there was just things mm. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to stop doing this, and then realizing quickly, like, hey, um, you can keep it up if you've done it before, and if it's you know safe and you feel good about it. So yeah, yeah. and again, there's so many people that are like, oh, rest, you're pregnant. And it's like, actually, it's really good to keep moving. I mean, obviously, you want to rest when you feel you need to, but you know, I always say, my husband always says to me, you know, you need to chill out, you need to slow down a bit. And I'm like, labor is like a marathon. You wouldn't turn up to a marathon having not trained. <laughs> like, oh, I love that. You need to get your body in shape. You need to get your body ready. It's like, it's like the hardest job your body's ever going to have to do. So, you know, prepare for it. Oh, I love that, Sophie. That's so true. Um, yeah, like you wouldn't show up to a a race unprepared and like no, having run in your life. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so great. What other um like what other myths have you heard or even in the it doesn't have to be pregnancy really, like just in the fitness or food industry, like what is something that you hear a lot that you kind of have to bust for your clients? I think so many people have such a restrictive mentality when it comes to being healthy. And I think that's why so many people kind of in quotes fail at kind of achieving that optimal health because it feels so unachievable for them whereas actually I always advise my clients to just start with these small habits that you can implement daily because your success in regards to health is not an overnight thing you know it's made up of a bunch of habits that are implemented over time like consistency is key you can't eat a a piece of chocolate cake and call yourself unhealthy just like you can't eat one salad and call yourself healthy it has to be balanced and consistent over time so if you're looking to be more healthy don't look at what you can start restricting but look at what you can start adding into you know your diet or your health routine whether that be drinking more water every day or trying to meet your five to ten fruit and veg requirements or maybe eating more plant-based there's so many small practices that you can do that you know if you if you say oh I'm going to start exercising having never exercised in your life and you know start exercising five times a week you're probably not going to keep up with that practice because it's so far from what you're doing already if you start off by saying okay I'm going to go to the gym once a week 
and then I'll build up to two times a week, maybe three times a week. You're far more likely to stick to that than you are going full force straight away. Absolutely. No, that's so true. Consistency is key. And um, yeah, I, I realize even getting kind of back in my routine, like just making sure my water goal is in for the day or yeah, eating a variety of veggies and fruits, like it just feels a lot better. So I am totally with you there. That's awesome. Now, how did you, um, like, so postpartum, I know it's such a loaded topic and I know, you know, we won't go through everything today, but like, what would be your top tips to like help recovery postpartum? Cause I, I do hear it is, you know, really tough and it's one of the hardest, hardest stages of, you know, this whole journey. So what helped you and like, what would you recommend for, for everyone listening? I mean, first of all, I would say, that everyone kind of talks about this like six week checkup and we're all expected to be back to normal at six weeks. And I just want to be so honest and say that, you know, I'm a young, fit, healthy person and I genuinely felt like it took me around nine months to feel physically and mentally back to myself again. And that's not to scare anyone. That's just so that anyone in the postpartum period knows that it's okay not to feel like your complete normal self that you were before you gave birth like six weeks later, you know, your body took nine months to grow a baby, it's probably going to take around the same amount of time to feel completely back to your normal self again. And if you have a baby that doesn't sleep, like I did, um, and you are sleep deprived, you know, you're not managing to get your daily movement in, you're maybe not eating as well as you could be because you haven't got time to cook healthy meals. That's okay, just go easy on yourself. And don't put that pressure on yourself. Because Honestly, being a mum is the best job in the world, but it's one of the, well, probably the most demanding job in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So my top tips would be to drink water. If you are breastfeeding, you will never feel thirst like it. Um, You can burn around 500 calories a day breastfeeding. So it's really important to one, stay hydrated and two, keep your energy levels up. Um, Get your family, friends, whoever offers to cook you healthy meals and put them in the freezer so you've always got something you can put in the microwave. Yeah. Um, Make sure you get outside every day. That's probably my biggest tip for your physical and mental health. Even if it's a 10-minute walk around the block with your baby, get outside every day. Love that. I Those are really good tips for me to know. Uh, I was just thinking too, I saw your story today on meal prep and I really need to get back to that because it's something like, for example, today for lunch, I didn't have anything. So I cooked something super random that probably wasn't the best, but you know, meal prep is super important. And I hear, you know, when you get birth, um, just having all that uh, prepped in advance and then obviously postpartum, I'm sure that's key. Yeah, if you can, like a few months before or even like the month before you give birth, um, I know everyone can predict when their baby's going to arrive, but try and batch cook like 10 to 20 different meals, lunch boxes, and put them in your freezer before you Mm -hmm. give birth so that when you've had the baby and you haven't got, you know, there will be days where you literally cannot cook, like you just won't find the time. So if you've got a lunch box that you can just grab from the freezer and defrost or just heat up in the microwave, you're going to really thank yourself. That is genius. Yeah, I love that. I'll definitely will find some some recipes. Speaking of that, how can people work with you? So um, what is like your typical, I don't know if you have coaching packages or like how can people work with you? Yeah, so I actually, I worked with clients a lot before I had my son. And then I tried to go back to clients when he was three months old because I was 
an overachiever and I just found it too difficult, too time consuming. So I've only recently gone back to clients again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check me out on my website, sophiebertrand.com. And I primarily work with um, people who are looking to try and conceive or who are already pregnant or postnatal. And then those who are also suffering with disordered relationship with food. And I do a um, intuitive eating course with them, which is around six, um, eight to 10 sessions. And they can go at their own pace. I can see you once a week. I can see you once a month. It's completely up to that individual and how quickly they feel they can work um, or want to work or, you know, time constraints. But um, I also have a ton of resources on my website. I completely understand that it's not affordable for everyone to, you know, have one-to-one help um, and that kind of online time with someone who's a registered health professional that can be expensive so I'm currently adding more resources to my website I've got ebooks or free downloadable guides that can help you plan your weekly shop or help you improve your mindset your gut health and then I've got ebooks on um, pregnancy nutrition and um raising sorry um yeah raising your child and kind of recipes that you can enjoy with your child because once you start weaning I found it much easier to eat healthy again because I was like I'm gonna cook the same meals for me and my son and again I'm always someone who's conscious of time and I'd never want healthy eating to be time consuming so all my recipes are super simple super healthy um super nutritious and yeah like I said I've got those all in ebooks so hopefully they'll be of help for some people as well Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to go download all of those, but super excited <laughs> to check out. I think that'll be amazing. And just as I said earlier, I, I, I follow you and I'm always looking at your recipes and I'm like, it is that, e- it is easy. It can be easy. And you just have to, um, you know, do what you can do and, and find the simplicity and, and health. Cause it's so just so, so important throughout, you know, whether you're pregnant or not, or, you know, recovering or just trying to live a healthy life. So completely like yeah. that's literally my mission is to help people realize that healthy eating doesn't have to be unachievable. It can be, you know, something that you implement in your day to day that doesn't have to be too time consuming or too daunting. And it can be enjoyable as well because so many people embark on like a healthy living or healthy eating journey and they put so much pressure on themselves and they end up just hating it. Yeah, no, I hear you with that too. And I've definitely been in that boat. So all of this is so helpful. Um, Sophie, thank you so much for coming on. It's just such an honor meeting you. I know we've been chatting um, for uh, for a while now, and it's just so cool meeting you. I've I've learned so much, and definitely continue. Look forward to continuing our friendship. And hundred um, percent. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll visit your site because it sounds like such a great great resource, and check out your programs. But um, for our audience, I will link Sophie's website and her Instagram in the show notes, and uh, definitely reach out to her. She is awesome and just has really good resources. But Sophie, let's keep in touch. I hope you have a wonderful, well, evening your time there in England. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love chatting with you. And yeah, we'll definitely continue to chat throughout our pregnancy and, and further. Sounds good, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.